We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings RBC, Canadian Open, Picks, Preview, One and Done. Reminder to all of you out there to smash the like button for the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network, we need some comments, preferably positive comments, but I suppose at this point it doesn't really matter. So tell me something about golf this week that you've seen that obviously Jeff and I haven't seen, and you know, we're going to run it back. Try to figure out some stuff, and we'll be good to go. All the final bets will be in the Mayo Media newsletter on Wednesday evening. Uh, sub to that for free down in the description. We got DraftKings tomorrow. I got Best Ball with Overzet on Wednesday, and then boom, Friday research show for the U.S. Open. I already got half of it done, so it's going to be a really good show. Very informative with the guests that I have on breaking down L.A. Country Club. Both listeners leagues now open: Canadian Open and U.S. Open. Grab your spots right now. Let's fill them up. Uh, the U.S. Open was over a hundred thousand dollars of rake-free guaranteed money, so you're probably going to want to play in that one. All right, Jeff Feinberg. It is. Not often, at least based on the past few years, that both of us come into a show having hit the same winner. It's nice. I'm so happy. Just whatever. Now it just, like, he's so good. I feel whole. (laughs) Everything's great. Everything's great. I was so happy to see him do it. Were you surprised? I think it was 41 guys were within four of the lead or five of the lead, whatever it was, going into Sunday that, I mean, Vic was right there, obviously. I, I was stunned that Denny McCarthy kept it going for that long. 
he was invincible. He was invincible. Just just hit hit all the putts on the front, uh, greens and fairways and perfect. And the back nine, a little bit of army golf on the par. First par five makes great par saves here, there, everywhere on the par fives. Those par saves just tilting. Um, incredible. But he finally, he finally relented just an inch. Just an inch. And that's all Victor. That's all Victor needed. I mean, Victor needed to make that big putt on 17. That that was the real because I was sitting there with the Vic money and I was like, all right, well, Denny going into six, like 16, 17, 18 are all playing just so difficult. I'm like, all right, it's two shots right now. Denny's gonna give one away on 16, and then we need him to give one away somewhere else. Then he makes the part the up and down on 16. I was absolutely floored. It just it felt like he wasn't going to miss, even on 18. When he had that, what was it, like 15-foot par putt or 20-foot par putt, I just assumed it was going in. It was pure. It was perfect. But, Pat, what Victor did on those closing holes over the weekend is remarkable. And I know, like, originally, the big shtick with me and Victor was we're going to bet him, we're going to win by a field goal. No, that that's not the case. That's not the case. And honestly, I've backed off on that. You haven't really heard me say that much, and the books never gave me a fair number anymore. It's like a 20-to-1 winner to win by a field goal. They could say 40-to-1. Like, pfft, I don't take part in that. But what do I say every time? Yeah, Vic might frustrate you. He might do something that pulls your hair out. On a chip, we saw on an easy scoring hole, you'll see it. But what does he do better than anyone? He scores on the holes that nobody scores on. Nobody! Well, if Scheffler could make a two-foot putt, he would do it too. (laughs) That's his problem? That's Tiger Woods' problem. Better than Tiger Woods. Minus the putting part. It's a, his two-win season feels like, I don't know, it's like Aaron Rodgers' career with one Super Bowl. Like, what a letdown. Like, what's going on here? No, there's a final act here, and hopefully for Cust, it plays out beautifully. Um, but, like, that two-win season, I've never seen a more embarrassing two-win season in my life. It's crazy. I'm not picking on the guy. I'm just, I'm just floored. Listen on PGA Tour Radio, they're like, we can't say anything mean. His dad listens all the time. <laughs> I was thinking, like, it's funny just having, because usually I get really stressed out when I have someone who's in a play. It happened earlier this year with Eric Cole. And then Kirk finds himself behind a tree. I was like, oh, I got this. And then, of course, obviously, I, I did not got this because Chris Kirk chips it out, hits it to a foot, taps it in, and Eric Cole can't get out of his own way in the playoff. This playoff felt like kind of the opposite. There was not a second where once Denny finally made the bogey that I thought that he was going to win. Dude, 18, Memorial, McCarthy versus Hovland? No, 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 no. There was not even a hedge. There was not even a thought we were full throttle. Survived last week's playoff with Griot? Like, that was the sweat. This is like, no, you're dead. You're dead. Which is funny, but it's it's funny, though, because the last time that this happened to us, where we had a guy in a playoff at Memorial. Actually, no, we had Cantley against Morikawa, and he ended up winning. I did hedge that one out. It was I Rose. It, it was Rose and Lingmurth, and we uh, we all had Rose, and Lingmurth beat him in the playoff. <laughs> Dude, Rose's wife was counting the handbags. The kids were ready to storm the green. Lingmurth hit a putt, I think, on eighteen to even get to the playoff. That was tilting. 
the one playoff that I didn't hedge where I was like, this is free money, it's over, Pat, was was a Kisner versus Streb in a swing season like two or three years ago. And Streb won. I'm still – I'm <laughs> – pardon? And Streb ended up winning. Yeah. I'm still, like, shocked. I'm still shocked that happened. Um, but, yeah, no. Yeah, for Ryder Cup Kisner, right? Um, there's got, still another half what, on what, a different what, golf course. What about Ryder Cup? Although now I saw Denny McCarthy uh, – on a short little plotters course. Let's let's send them to Italy. Well, you know what's funny? Because I saw I saw someone put that out into the ether. And listen, the, the Ryder Cup isn't even this year. It's next year. So like let's not really no, worry. It's this year. What do you mean? Oh yeah, it President's is. Cup's oh, yeah, that's right. I, I I'm Dude. so I'm so in President's Cup mode. But someone did put it out there, and then I saw immediately someone make sort of the Kevin Na and Kevin Kisner like, are we doing this again? I think that the difference this time, not that I would take Denny, is I think he has a better case. This time around, because you lost all of the live guys who aren't going to be qualified. So basically everyone besides Brooks. So there are extra spots on this team. And it kind of goes back to my Kisner and Scott Brown argument for France that Denny would actually be good on that course versus when we were talking about Kisner and non, they were having like whistling straights. Like, keep those guys the fuck away from those courses. Okay, fine. And you're right. There are there's a spot or two that's available between Liv, between the Willie Z injury, between some other guys not playing great. But people are also like, I'm seeing the the JT spot in jeopardy. Oh, in some give, give me a fucking I'm like, where are you, people? He's a co. Him and Spieth make the team. Like, what are we talking about? Well, if Zalatoris comes back, which he's like rumored to do now, they might just pick him for the team. Maybe I, I'm sad to see Berger had to withdraw from today's longest day of golf in those U.S. Opens. I got really excited to see he was going to play. Um, he was going to play, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that so, Scheffler shit is wild. Sorry, like that. It's wild. So I, I want I I didn't know how to articulate it properly in a tweet, so I didn't end up tweeting it out. But instead of going to a playoff, remember Denny's putt, his second putt on 18 that he had to make for bogey to get into the playoff. I think it was like four and a half feet or something like that. What if they asked him, okay, here's the deal. You can make this putt and go to a playoff, or you can bring in Scotty right now to make this putt for you. And if he makes it, you automatically win. But if he misses it, because it's Scotty Scheffler, you know, you lose. What do you think he would have done? No, like, dude, he hit the putt from the fringe, and the, but the broadcast had to keep acknowledging that, like he didn't hit a putt over something the whole week. It's in, it's like a, I don't know, second by a stroke every week doing this. I don't know. It it's the craziest thing, honestly. It's the it's crazier than Hovland winning. It's crazier than that lovely story on the LPGA with Rose and and that phenom out of the rocket ship. Liberty National Memorial. What a day of golf. Hey, and, I know, did, and even did, the, did kid, you... the kid in, Ger- in, in, in Germany, the 20-year-old with that shot. I, I, I watched a bunch of that. That was going full European tour when I was watching. I, I tuned in at like whole 13 or something like that when it was on in the morning. And what's his name? Uh, McKippen. McKinnon. Mc, Mc, is it McKinnon? McKiven? I thought so. There was some par five that he tried to get to in two, and he just got it out of the water, but it like 
it didn't plug. It just stopped in the bank just over the water in the penalty area. And then he hit this like beautiful like little flop just straight up, almost landed directly into the hole. He ended up making birdie. It's one where Jordan Smith just airmailed it over the green on his third shot out of bounds. But like Marcel Seam goes in the water on a par five because he clubs down. He went full Siwoo Kim when Siwoo clubbed down and then put it in the water yesterday. It's funny because he started off the bogey, bogey, bogey. But weirdly enough, he kind of played the best outside of like two drives. Yeah, incredible. And then Wyndham Clark making double bogey both days on the weekend on like the three on the short. I know it's a tricky hole, but on the short, like just iron off the tee, uh, like 300 nothing par four on the back nine. Crazy, crazy. I was so happy that it didn't happen because there was two bets that I was looking at, one pre-tournament and then one live. And both of them obviously didn't come through, but there were certain points of the day on Sunday. I was like, oh my God, what did I do here? Because we talked about Ricky on last week's show and I was pretty in on betting Ricky and then I just didn't end up doing because I bet on Corey Connors who lost like nine strokes on approach and finished plus a, a million. But when Ricky started getting it going, I was like, if he can just survive these last three holes, like he can either post the six or the seven and all of a sudden he's going to win this tournament because it really did feel that way uh, in, until Denny just started kind of not, he ended up having that two shot cushion for a long period of time. So I was stressing about that. And then, Almost like everyone, when we looked at, because I, I threw it out, like if you had 100 bucks, who would you bet on in the circumstance going into Sunday? That Scheffler was 90 to 1. And it, it did feel like for a while that Denny was just going to implode at some point and then no one was going to be left at 600 and Scheffler was just going to win. Okay, so I totally agree with your sentiment. I never looked at a Scheffler bet. I wasn't really around on, um, I don't know. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought they were all going to come back to him. Just the place it was so devilish. You saw some of those scores coming home. I thought that 6 would probably be good. So I totally I totally agree. And it was just sitting out there too. Like everywhere it was 90 to 1, 90 to 1, 90 to 1. And I think everyone just kind of looked as like, that's a lot of shots to come back from for a guy who's struggling putting. And he still continued, I mean, he missed that what? Like two footer on I think it was 10 or 11. Like that was the difference for him. Although I, I thought I thought the same thing was going to happen with Vic when he kept the chip in the rough on twelve, I think it was like the third time this week he did that. Like the okay, there was that. That was an annoying point, but there are also some incredible ceiling moments chipping. Like he's getting like the improvements are are incredible. I love it. It, it was so great to see. And as for Ricky Pat, he, coming home Saturday was a bogey train also. Do you remember when I used to bet him a lot and he'd be in these great positions and then he'd like die on the vine, like die on the vine late on Saturday as I'm at like a family dinner at Jack Astor's <laughs> Ricky's like in the last group going into tomorrow with three holes to play. And then it's like water, water, water. Did it? I mean, there was no water, but he, he was a shit show again, but great to see. Like, it's incredible to see the consistency and, Again, if he really wanted a trophy, he could schedule optimize a trophy. But he's the coolest, and he's just going to play in these great events. And that's cool, too. And Maybe he's, he's on the Ryder Cup team. He's probably on the team. I, I on the team. I, I, I was actually considering that. like Because to look at it right now, the top six are Scheffler, Brooks, Homa, Xander, Cantlay, and Cam Young. Cam Young probably slips out at some point because he's just not playing great right now. But right after him in the standings are Spieth, Burns, Morikawa, and Justin Thomas. As long as Morikawa is okay, which I'm sure that he's going to be by then, then those four are most definitely on the team as well. Regardless, you said Fino. 
did I not say Fino? How the hell is, I, I, where the hell was Fino? How is Fino 14th in the standings? Isn't he like, I have no idea, but he could be 100th. He's on the team. Okay, so, he, so, so, there, so there's one spot then that between, I mean, per the rankings, Kitayama is the highest, and then it's still Zalatoris, Wyndham Clark, Chris Kirk, Harris English, The Gala. I, I mean, then you have like Fowler, Denny, Taylor Moore, Hoagie. Keegan Bradley is sitting right there. I think Keegan Bradley would be awesome at that course. Maybe he would. But Jordan and Justin are like the as involved in the captain's picks as the captains. Like, that's how I see this modern USA golf. That's how it's happened. Um, from the moment they bumped the 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 Patrick Reed pairing, that's just where the trajectory we've been on. And that's fine. They have a dominant team and they're all they're all in leaders who buy in. Unlike the other great USA teams, we had Phil and Tiger, like no one liked each other and it was weird. This is like an all buy-in team. There is no way Ricky's not getting on the plane. Wyndham has to win again. Wyndham has, if Wyndham wins again, maybe they'll feel compelled. I don't know. But it's the captain's picks. You take good, you take the vibes. You take the vibes and it's all Ricky. Yeah, I, mean, I bet it right now. I bet you like the number on Ricky to make the team at the beginning of the year would have been better than like Ricky to win any tournament. That'd have been the bet. Probably. It's not. I mean, listen, you could justify it too because it's not like. I mean, you can talk about. I mean, Danny McCarthy didn't even win, so there's no real argument to talk about there. And it's not like he's having the greatest season, but like Ricky just, he's a top 20 machine. He had one bad tournament at the PGA championship. And that's really it. Like he was ninth, sixth, 14th, 15th, 10th, 13th, 31st, 20th, 10th, 11th. Like it's just been a great year for him. Bring them. Yeah. No, like they do this. They do this. And that's a normal thing in Ryder Cups. You can bring a veteran who's been there before. I Like if he's, yeah, at this moment, he's bringing him, they're bringing him. He could even have a slight dip in play. And I'd argue he should still be there. Well, you, and you, I'm just a fan. Maybe people will like counter act it, but he's going to be there if this continues without a win. As long as this like consistency continues, he's on the team. Yeah, if this continues, he's most definitely going to be on the team. But there is a chance for a Wyndham Clark or one of these other guys to go and like you know, come top five at a major and go win the Rocket Mortgage or something. Then they're probably on the team instead. Yeah, Ricky's got to go win the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah. Not that that even matters. Um, but you're right. Like I said, Wyndham's got to win again. Uh, and I'd put him ahead of Kitayama, but that's up to that's to each their own. Yeah, but you, you might you might get the Kitayama good Euro experience to bring him over. Okay, that's that's true. I mean, there's there's an argument maybe there. Um, yeah. I mean, he won an elevated event. He what? He finished fifth or sixth at the PGA Championship. He would need to. He would need to do something else in order to get. Because, like you said, all things being equal, and if it's like Ricky or Keegan right now, like those, I think would be the two front runners for the last captain's pick. If these guys have that much influence on everything, although Zach Johnson's the captain, maybe someone who like is a part of his prayer circle gets is like Billy Horschel. Can we get? Can we get him back up there? And we didn't really talk about it, but he made a comment about live before the like in the lead up days of the pga championship that like he doesn't know anything about their courses so he can't take them seriously good for you and i I, me and tim had like a private discourse i said like tim what an idiot what an idiot like i'm not here to like plant a flag for live but what a moron you're the captain of team usa you have to sort of be open to all that now brooks wins like 
Amazing. I, I, I think, like, crappier the Euro team that they can send, the better it is for us. I just think the Europeans, their infrastructure is so much more on the same. Like, it, who was it uh, in France? And we were just kind of like, it was Furyk. We were just like, he's not going to play the right guys. Uh, at this tournament he's going to play the guys that he wants to play not the guys that he should play so we hammered the euros i have a feeling that this this Ryder cup in rome is going to be exactly the same yeah sure i also think you get well i don't know about well rory's its own story but i could see yeah between rory Vic, and and um, rom we got enough points to to trust the the team on the back we'll see the number could be shrinking maybe we missed like the really big number where it felt like doa but now europe seems like maybe they can hang Although the back is so, there's no comparison on the back end. And you can't really hide a body here like you can in the President's Cup. You can't, but I, I just think that the European players, especially if they're coming from the DP World Tour, whether it be a Vic Perez or Yannick Paul or Moronk, whoever like the back end of the team might be, I think yeah, they're going to be course fits. I think they're just going to be course fits. Yeah. 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 Abs- that's, and that's what they do. That's part of the setup um, for sure. So, Rom, Rory, Rom, Rory, Vic, Fleetwood, Rose, and Lowry, Fitz. and Fitzpatrick. Fitz. So those seven pretty are a pretty yeah. stronghold. Then, like, in terms of the points, you got Perez and Moronk and Yannick Paul are all up there. Campillo and Lafayette are up there as well. And who else? Oh, I forgot Hatton. Hatton's the other guy on that team. So we there's got eight. eight. They so got eight, eight. And we got to fill four, and it's four. It's real, but guys sit sessions – Maybe Rom or, or Rory can carry a, a dud and and team golf. Uh, Who I've talked myself into it. I've talked myself into it. Like I'm betting on Europe just for the cheer. I think it'd be fun to cheer for. And I was all in. I was brown bagging the U.S. at the last one. So you know, I'm just being. I'm like riding the wave. I'm open, but I I, I like that the, the dog here. One of the they, things, although the U.S. could just. The thing is, I like the dog. If the U.S. just, like, railroads it, you can never be surprised. And by, like, I just mean, like, beats the shit out of them. See, I am. I, I would be. I, I would be surprised if they just beat the shit out of them in Europe. It just doesn't happen. I guess you're right. But I'm so beholden to just, like, the names on the paper, too. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's no different than it was any of those other years. Like, if you go side by side in France and look at the players on each of the teams, it's like, good Lord. Like, the U.S. should beat them by 100. I don't know. I was all in with you on France. Yeah, but it was, uh, but because like you were hardcore. I was all in with you, but you like called it. You know, like you can win a bet, but like the game script didn't work out how you thought it would, but you still won your bet. You don't talk about it. And then there's times you win a bet and the game like plays out to a T how you did it. Like I always say that Ryder Cup, like you 10 out of 10 on game script. Yeah, even even hit Fleetwood Molinari as the top scores. It was fantastic. And I think they're going to set up Rome very much the same way, and I just don't think that the U.S. are good at adjusting to that. Yeah. They're going to try to bomb and gouge, and it's not going to work, and then all of a sudden you're chopping it out of the rough. Yeah. One of the things that was overshadowed based on Scheffler's I would call this a historic performance. He gained over 20 strokes tee to green and lost almost nine putting. Is that Rom is kind of doing sneakily the same thing the past two tournaments. PGA Championship couldn't make a putt, and I think he was the second worst putter in the field. He lost like six strokes putting to Scheffler's nine, but like Rom's tee to green game was unstoppable, but now he can't putt either. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, even seeing Cantley do what he did on that golf course uh, yesterday is like weird. 
Um, and we got a major in a couple weeks, so I don't know whether like people's perception of what they just saw on a major worthy difficulty will will um, have an impact on the fun things like bets and ownership that we can't wait to do for a major. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taken aback by all of it. I'm amazed, honestly. Anytime John Rom hits like a bad shot, I'm amazed. That's how highly I think of him. Well, it's funny this too because with, with Scheffler, like you could see, you could see this coming. This happened. To, I mean, the Tita Green wasn't as good a year ago after the Masters, but this is what happened to him. He was you know, top three Tita Green every week in every tournament and couldn't make a putt and just didn't end up winning after the Masters. So he kind of caught fire again in Phoenix this year on the greens. That lasted all the way through. I mean, at the players, he was even. That was good enough. And it was that one putt at the match play, and it seemed to just change the entire course of his season on the greens. I was at a syrup farm with the kids. See, like it's four feet for the win. Scotty, right in that set. Yeah, and then to see that he missed it. I mean, I didn't see it on TV, but yeah, maybe you're right. That is like the lineation point or delineation point. I don't know. You know, I'm not great with words or what they even mean. <laughs> Seems like that could be the marker of where it all went wrong on the season. Like if we're trying to time capsule the moment, you might have you might have found it there. Maybe. And do you think that we get one of these tournaments? But as long as he just he can lose strokes putting and win these tournaments, that I think is pretty clear at this point. He just needs to lose like two instead of ten, and he's gonna be fine. Are we gonna get one of these ones where he just beats everyone by ten? Because it feels like it's coming. It's crazy because we would always talk about like Scott and Hideki when they were you know really near the top of the world rankings. That if they're like thirtieth in the field in putting, they win. They win. With him, it's like if he's 90th, he wins. 100th, maybe, even. Right? I think so, yeah. As long as he's not last, <laughs> I think he's doing pretty well. And if he had just lost seven strokes putting this week, he's in that playoff. And he's the overwhelming favorite to win. 120th in the field in putting. I used to say Scott, if Scott was top 20 in putting, he would win every event. I, I is like 120. I, I just want to say this was Hideki's tournament to win, and he unraveled oh. on hole 12 on Thursday and Saturday, and that was his tournament. I don't know what he did on yeah, yesterday. Was a I stopped short... paying attention. He got on the bogey train before that. He made a bogey that everyone makes, and then he missed like a three and a half footer for par, and then it all just went to shit. But I'll bet him again here next year at 40 to one. Yeah, he I mean he got to minus nine. I thought I, two holes into Saturday, I was like, let, "Let's cash it. This is fantastic news." And he just went away. It was horrible. Him and Cantlay, like those were the two biggest surprises to me of the weekend. Were those two guys fading? Like Rory fading didn't really surprise me all that much. As Kenny Kim continues to point out, like when Rory wins, it's usually more at the scoring conditions that we're going to see this week in Canada, where like minus 22 is going to end up being the winning score. Rory doesn't do well with the single digits under par. Yeah, no, that's just a fact. Despite him, you know, dominating those hard courses early in his career, that's been a bit of a bugaboo and, you know, it was highlighted. It was sort of a talking point last week or at that PGA when he was contending. Um, <clears throat> So Jack in the booth is always great and fun, Pat. How does he, hold on. If I'm, how old is he now? 86, 88, something like that? Yeah. Not only do I just pray that I make it to that age, but like the the competency that that man has for almost being 100 years old is outrageous. Yeah, and he's 
quick-witted yeah. like jason day's like this fucking hole i think that was on saturday or friday he's like did he just say this fucking and someone's like he just said this fucking hole and jack's like you know what he's right that hole like <laughs> rah, rah, rah. like and then um he was quick-witted with colt's jokes a bit on on uh on the weekend and he said like you know is i don't need, like he may have even been talking to himself but he said um when rory was just maybe it was another just shit show of somewhere during his shit show I need to have a talk with him. <laughs> and then hold on, Pat. You probably, because you watch it working out, listen to your music or whatever. You probably weren't watching. But when Rory walked off 18, and it's the handshakes with Jack, the mics are right there. And I don't think Jack like realized the mics are right there. And it was like, we need to have a talk. We need to have a talk. Like everyone is so great, Jack. Great day. Great setup. Rah, 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 it's so hard. Rah, rah, rah. It looks like we need to sit down and have a talk. And that is literally like, I don't know, but it hit me like it's just someone in your life being like, you know, it's like first world problems for Rory's, but like closing on Sundays. Not a, but um, I don't know. That was like intense. I, I was when Rory kind of didn't like it. Rory's like, oh, like Rory was just not happy with himself either at that moment. Well, the big thing, too, was, was every time that, like, the, the bogeys that he was making, and it was exactly the same problem that he was having before the Canadian Open last year. And he had remedied it a little bit going into that tournament. That's basically all we needed to see, and it was done. He had a wedge in his hand every time he made a bogey. Just hit bad wedges on, on Sunday. It was horrible. And that was the problem that he was having a year ago. And he fixed it. Remember, he started playing that, like, sawed-off wedge at St. George's last year and it was just like oh my god he's figured it back out and maybe he goes back to that this week but if you're at a course especially this week that demands so many wedges you can't be the bogey wedge guy oh crazy and I sort of know from his first like duffed wedge yesterday I'm like well that's the shot all over my club like that's the shot that he will have all week for easy birdies and he's like duffing it into bunkers and trying to be super finessey i don't know but um i hope he wins i mean i'm not gonna bet on him but that wouldn't make me unhappy yeah i, I bet on him I mean, he was my only bet here last year and just i felt like he had the, the good vibes i don't feel that for him this year and maybe that's just foolish because he's gonna go out and just dummy this field there's a very pro good probability he does that or he is just so hyper focused on the major that is like not even in the headspace for this week i'm not i'm not sure i mean it's, it's a no bet it's a no bet for me and um on that but i will say that i really would like one of the good players to win like i don't want to walk by a picture of like ryan armor i do i want i want I, spoiler alert i want to walk by a picture of ben martin Sure, like you know what I mean? Like like it'll be there forever. I'm I'm sure, you know, there's a nice wall like near my locker. Um, I'm sure they'll put up lots of pictures, a lot of old timey pictures. I'm I'm just saying, like, that will probably be a great club memory forever. I don't need it to be Ryan Armour. If it wants to be one of the good players, like that's what I would prefer. But yeah, Ben Martin, sure. I think I could see why people want to bet him. I was in a weird position with Denny. I kind of wanted to see him win, but I also wanted to win my bet at the same time. Like, I I felt really bad for him. Like, the guy's never won on tour. And I can't believe that was his best finish ever either. He had never come second in any tournament either. Like, T3 had been his previous best finish coming into Memorial. That I felt really bad for the guy because I, 
I want him to win somewhere because I like him. And he's been around. He's a grinder. He only has, like, so many great tournaments in him a year. But just, everything against me, too, was just like, this guy needs to fuck off and make some bogeys. It, it was a really weird dichotomy uh, trying to watch this tournament where you do want a guy to close, but you have such a rooting interest in him not closing the moment the Vic makes that birdie. Listen, he's likable. Cheer for him. I didn't bet him, but I have no, like, I don't have an ounce of McCarthy sympathy. Like, if Vic could not have gotten over the line, I'd have just been hurting and then been on to the next. And I'd have had to, like, respond to the dumbest tweets. Like, look at the comments under the tweet I made when I said I bet him last Monday morning. You don't got that dog in him. You don't got that Sunday dog in him. Fuck off. What golf do you watch? Well, that's just like when people say that about Rory. It's like, Rory doesn't got that dog in him. It's like, dude's won 24 times on the tour. His four majors. Like, fuck off. Like... What are we no, talking about? Like, here? You want to draw, <laughs> draw conclusions like with the, the talent you're seeing at that age? Get, get out of town. Like, I, t- people see like him not, people see the Sundays and being there and not winning as a negative. I'm the idiot that sees all that as a positive. Like, obviously, you want to win, but like, oh, he's there. He's there. It's only a matter of time when he wins. It was the same, and they're completely different career trajectories, but it was the same nonsense with Finau, where he was just always in contention, but he was a loser because he couldn't win. And then he broke through. Now he like won four events in a in like a year and a half or something. Now you could debate the quality of events, but if Vic won those quality of events, people wouldn't be calling him a dud when not winning the hardest events on Sundays. That makes any sense? A little bit, but I mean, that kind of was the the rap on Vic. Like, this is what his fourth PGA win. He won Mayakoba twice. He won that German tournament that just happened on the DP World Tour. Like, he has wins around the world, just none of them were on mainland USA. So no one really gave a shit. Yeah, no, I get it. he still had wins that he had to prove. And this is an incredible win. And we've long acknowledged Memorial's the gateway to the major. It is. Rom. Except for Cantley. Bryson, Hideki, like, uh, yeah, Bryson, no, yeah, except for Cantley. You want it tw- that's why he's always so short in the majors. Uh, but that's also like when people say he's sucked. Like, I won Memorial twice. But, um, yeah, no, Vic had something to prove. Like, he had to win these trophies. But it kind of felt inevitable. And him going toe-to-toe with Brooks for 90% of that round, that didn't show me no dog. That showed me he's got dog. And he lost to the Supreme Alpha in the world of golf. Like, that means no dog? People are fucking crazy. But I said it, Pat. I literally, in my own brain, I feel like I fight the same fight all year long. Where, like, in the summer and spring, it's like, Hovland, Hovland, Hovland. Like, you're an idiot if you think he's not going to win everything. And in the fall and the winter, it's like, how do you guys bash Herbert? <laughs> like I bashed the guy, but we got to win big games there too. And those are part of life and they have to happen just like yesterday had to happen for Vic. And I'm sure guys like, well, Victor still doesn't want a major. Well, that's coming. And I got us open 29 to one and I got Liverpool uh, 28 to one. So let's fucking go. And I got the top 10 in every major 160 to one Prince Prince Vic. Let's go. A uh, few more things. A uh, reminder to everyone to sub to fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get yourself 20% off. Major week next week. So do it on Wednesday. Get yourself the weekly. And, you know, for eight bucks, you'll get two tournaments and generate all the lineups you want. Check out the ownership. All that fun stuff in the listeners league down in the description. Have you seen this run Matt Vincendi is on? 
Yeah, he's killing it. it he won the PME yeah, Open. Was it Rom at the Masters, Brooks at the U.S. Open? I'm probably missing Rio, Rio, Rio last week, Vic this week. I think he's up like 70K or something like that. It's amazing. He's an animal. And he doesn't knit. Matt doesn't fucking knit. No. Like, Matt bets outrights like people bet their favorite football game of the week. Big machine. Yeah, so it's one of the best runs I've ever seen anyone on at the moment. So shout out to him. Shout out to uh, Michael Arthur. He turned 20 bucks into 15K on DraftKings. Viewer of the show, shout out to him. And Orsic, uh, he won 10K in the $40 single entry this week. He won it. So shout out to him as well. Uh, Mark Hubbard, you know, had me going. I, I forget who it was. I think it was at Todd Pierce. I tweeted him, like, because I was in second, and I, I was showing you the screenshot of the single-entry team that I had. That was fucking fire for three rounds. Barely cashed once Sunday was over. But I was like, just basically fade all of these guys, because I know how Sundays go for me. And it started off pretty hot when Morikawa withdrew immediately. So that was the end of my week. But I, I thought it was really strange. Like, there was a lot of people, like, you know, Morikawa withdraws, just like, oh, how soft is Morikawa? And what a pussy. I, I, what a pussy. I, I feel like people have never had back spasms before. I have. Uh, you can't really walk. It, it's So I, it's funny because it works one of two ways. Either he withdraws and, you know, he's a fucking pussy. Like, go out there and golf. Like, I, I played golf really drunk one time on my boys' weekends. Like, all right, fuck off, man. Uh, or he goes out and shoots 93 or something like that because he can't bend over. Like, what's the better scenario for him? But isn't it the exact, like, okay, he would love to win Memorial. He'd love to do everything you want him to do for his lineups. But he's trying to protect a season. Like, you're not playing hurt, let alone if it's like, um, you know, a spasm where he can't even stand up. That's the thing. And that sucks because maybe at 5 o'clock, maybe at 3 o'clock yesterday, you felt perfect. He and, did. like, that sucks. He did. He said he he stretched, then he had the oh. back spasms, then he went to the range, and he said he could only hit a 9-iron 95 yards. Like, if he had went out and played, he would have embarrassed himself. That's why he didn't play. Because <laughs> yeah, back, so, uh, like back spasms it, like, go away. Like, he'll be fine in, like, four days from now with some treatment, presumably, unless he has, like, legitimate back problems. But I remember the first time I had a back spasm. I was getting laundry out of the dryer, and I fell into the dryer, and then I was stuck there for an hour because no one was home, and I was just, I couldn't move. It sucks. Like, your whole back just, all your muscles just freeze up, and you can kind of, like, walk like a penguin a little bit if you're upright, but you, you have no movement whatsoever. Yeah, listen, I used to make fun of plantar fasciitis. Then you got it. I got a case. <laughs> and, like, you can't even, like, it's just dead. Like, it's just a burnt. Like, how do you, like, yeah. Like, no wonder Dion couldn't, like, play cornerback with that. Like, that's insane. The concept, like, having to like, cover, like, backpedal or whatever. I, yeah. I don't know. There's a U.S. Open in two weeks in his home state. Like, maybe he was being ultra protective. But I would never, like, I don't think any of these guys like i don't know that whole like they're soft that i don't think anyone would play no one you couldn't play football or hockey or basketball if you had that like you'd be out yeah and listen if it would be one thing if you were like oh he's protecting himself for the u.s open that's fine and all i I think that he still would have preferred being two shots off the lead to go win five million bucks in the memorial (laughs) and he hasn't won in forever so he's one of these guys now pat that i like in these you like the weeks before majors, the weeks after majors sometimes. I know I picked him, I think it was out of the major week, just because, like, 
I like the super motivated guy in these fields where like maybe a lot of the other really talented players could have distractions. Um, like he's got to be all in for a win and any chance he could sniff one right now. Like his wind drought is for him embarrassing, like incredibly. Him, him and JT really. I mean, JT won the major. He has won over a year now. Yeah, no, these guys take that shit. Um, take it seriously. Uh, what were the and last personally, two things? Pers- I, I meant personally more than, I mean, obviously take, take it seriously, but that shit's like very hyper personal. Snedeker, Snedeker came back out of nowhere. Apparently, he had some sort of experimental rib surgery that the doctor told him that chances are you're never going to be able to play golf again. And he's like, I can't play golf right now. So give me the surgery. Now he's back. He made the cut. <laughs> I was happy um, for him. I yeah. love Sned. Sned, he won in, I watched him win here in Glen Abbey the year that Hunter Mahan had to leave up like five strokes because his daughter was being born. Oh, man. He's got good vibes in Canada. It's it's funny because I mean, he's in the tournament. He's in the field this week at the RBC. We had, I I had Hunter Mahan at that tournament. And that happened at a time before like people were super outraged by everything when it came to gambling. Could you imagine if that happened now? Like, <laughs> like, like the popular 30 to one guy is up by four strokes and just decides to fucking beat it to go see his uh, baby be born? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that was that was one. And last thing, because I know that you've I if you and Tim have a secret live chat on the go that I'm not privy to. I'm sure there's some fire going on in there. What the fuck is going on with Phil right now? Is he on a bender? I don't know. I mean, it's like entertaining. You're entertained in the same way like people are entertained by Britney Spears. Like, like, what the fuck is going on there, man? Like, and I get, like, you got grievances. That's cool. Like, you're entitled to your grievances. But now we're, like, a little too far. I, in my opinion, for someone down this ledge, it reminds me, I don't want to, there's, like, a local, very controversial, like, professor that's, like, gone national. Jordan Peterson? From, like, the University of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And the... The the type of conversations are like the subject matter is different, but Phil is like gone like full blown like Jordan Peterson. How Jordan Peterson uses Twitter? That guy's a psychopath. <laughs> Don't be that guy. The best of all of the Phil comments because there was the gambling stuff, then there was other stuff. But the fact that you know Rory's a great guy and everything, but there's no live team that would want him was probably the most outrageous thing I've ever read. Yeah, I don't even, and then it's like, it's hard to tell when he's joking or being serious. I mean, that tweet reads very serious. It does. Even though, like, he might follow up and be like, I'm joking. No. In that thread, that tweet becomes very serious. The thing about Phil is when it's all said and done, we have, like, a, a zillion puzzle pieces. Like, that we will, like, try to put together or people will write more books on. Like, what the freaking is going on here? Like, why isn't... what Like, why don't Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka have your grievances? He, he has... Maybe they do, but why aren't they saying anything about them? Like, I don't understand, man. I mean, you probably agree with him that he says that Victor Hovland is now the favorite to win the U.S. Open. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know whether it was Rick. Rick had a great subtweet. It was like, oh, well, Phil quit gambling, but now he's bookmaking. <laughs> well, you got to move to the other side of the ledger. 
Yeah, and we all know that's where the money is, but come on. Um, yeah, I again, it's like it is the golf pop culture of like observing Britney Spears. It's just, I, I just like how he's in people's mentions and like arguing with people on Twitter. It's the craziest thing. Like, he is, they, they showed that dude from the Denver Nuggets, the mascot, makes more money than 100 players in the NBA. And then I tweeted, that guy's the second highest paid mascot on earth behind Phil Nicholson. <laughs> and I love, like, people think I hate Phil. Oh, Phil's like all time greatest golfer, one of, like, ever. Like, on that short list. Can't take away what he's accomplished. Can't even take away when we do a season in review, like what we might call the round of the year at Augusta. But that doesn't change. Like what going on is a freak show at the moment. And I totally respect you have grievances, but how he's going about it is so weird. And I would love to see Piers Morgan moderate a shampoo, a Brandle versus Phil. Are you kidding? Well, I mean, like, the, all in. But that that only turns out well for Phil. Because people don't like no one likes Brandon Shambly, do they? Brandon Shambly, like does he have like does he does he have supporters? No, you're probably right. Like I love God. Listen, I have my my preferences and my biases, but um, that are probably pro PGA in the long term. But I even can't stand that guy. So. It, it, the, the Q rating isn't super high up there. It, it's like, uh, who was? It? It's like when when Trump was up against Ted Cruz. Everyone's like, "Well, this Trump thing's kind of farcical," but I hate Ted Cruz, so eh, makes Trump look better. Yeah, you, you're, you're probably right, Pat. You're probably right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Let's talk about the Canadian Open. We've buried the lead. You've been out there a few times, haven't you? I uh, went out there yesterday for a bit. How's it look? Uh, looks lush. I didn't really get like deep into the property. I'll, I'm probably going to head over there today as well. Go how, for a walk. How's, how's the rough looking? Thick? Uh, again, I didn't really uh, get out there. But yeah, it looks lush and thick. And, Pat, it's been really warm here. It's been really dry. We haven't really had any rain. Rain for, like, six minutes on Saturday night. That's about it. Um, so it, it could play firm and fast. I think that is very possible. Yeah, I can see that. I don't, think, I don't even think it needs to play firm and fast. It doesn't seem like it's going to be an overly daunting course. No, but, I mean, like, it could be firm to the point, like, okay, not daunting at all. I will, like... When the rumblings that this was happening, like the first four people that told me that the PGA might be coming to the course called like idiots and liars. Like, what are you talking about? It's not even possible. Like, why would they come here? Beautiful course, beautiful property for like member play. That's 20 minutes anywhere in the city, close to like both of the major arteries, the 400 and the 401, right where it connects. We're right there. Great area. too. Right? Good part of the city. No, not a. You, you will hear some sirens this week. You will hear sirens. It's um, not in a nice neighborhood. My mom would always lock the doors when we were younger when we made a certain turn. That's just um, is what it is. You know, like most golf tournaments, they do like panaways, and you see these like beautiful estate properties. Like beside, that's not where we are here. That's not the part of town. No, you're, you're gonna get the you're, you're gonna get the stereotypical shot of like Rogers Center, CN Tower, Scotiabank, like the, the downtown on the water is what they're gonna be showing as the overhead. Yeah, and listen, we're not far from that. We're like 20 minutes on the you know through the arteries on that, but uh, we're not there. We're not at the water. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, the firm and fast. I just mean like the course doesn't have a ton of defenses. What I would consider the defenses would be that a lot of the shots are approach shots are uphill and there could be the blind pins. And that's like a thing the pros don't like, but they're still pros. They're going to do great. Um, the fact that it's playing firm and fast, there's a lot of runoff and like slope on the terrain. And that slope can take you right into the rough. So you might not, right? Uh, like if it's just running hard and fast, you might end up somewhere you don't want to be the greens are beautiful the greens on the front nine you're going to see they're they're gorgeous uh anyone that comes on the property it's like a comment they'll make instantly uh especially in in this region um now there's many uh, some of them are multi-tiered and have crowns and they could do some crazy things and they will probably play pins that pat that i've never seen there's no way that they're gonna like member play nice pins easy accessible pins they're not good. They don't put our pins on the crowns or the like right near the crowns or the tiers, uh, but they could do some hellacious things with those things and, and run them fast. But again, like these are the best in the world. I don't for many moments. I don't think it's going to be the Eagle party that every uh, that like 
people might see when staring at the holes on paper, the biggest eagle hole to me, without a doubt, will be 12. Uh, it's the par five. It's a huge green, and it's kind of runs into the green. Like, if you're short, it'll run you right onto the surface. But when I look at a hole like seven, Pat, which is the other par five, that is one of the smallest greens on the property. And there's OB and bunker left and a lot of shit. And you'll be in the gallery, like, if you're like two feet wide, right, probably. Well, but if and that, but I, if that's the case, then the people are going to go for it, bail out, right, hit a patron and have their ball stop. That's what okay, they do. Maybe, but you might not be in a fun spot. And I think, man, like, would they go for that? I'm not sure. That seems really hard. Um, much like 18, which there's some debate whether it's a four or a five, the scorecard says if it's a five, it's a five. But I understand the debate because if you like really did look for research, there were some videos out there that showed it as a four because it played as a four in the Monday qualifier last year. And it had a score average of a five um, for the for that event. And I was there and I watched these kids walk off that hole looking like they just saw a ghost. Yeah, but it's also, um, but it, I mean, that could be one thing and you could be right about that. But if that play if that played to a five average in a qualifier, and now it's a par five, and Rory is out there, well, he's getting there in two. Yeah, no, that, again, that's the point. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying the qual qualifiers they're not pros, but these are guys that like play tips at their golf courses can hit it a long way. Rory can get there in two, um, but I don't think they want driver off the tee, so it'd be about two fifty, two forty directly uphill into a three tiered green. That once you get on that green, like your ball can go anywhere. Like there's so many tiers and slopes and runoffs. Like your ball can go anywhere with an insane false front. Um, so any moment, here's the thing though, Pat. It's like I have these like in my head. I don't know if they'd go for that. Would they go for that? Could they hit that? And then you just watch pro golf for five <laughs> minutes and you're like, oh yeah, they can go for that. They will get that. Like watching Vic hit it to 28 feet with a seven wood yesterday. Um, and not, not on the easy par five. I could be right on one. of Anyhow, it's like, yeah, they can do whatever they, they want. They'll probably get it on the right level. I would just argue that it's an absolute free birdie. Like it's a free birdie. If it's a, if they lay up, like if they plot their way around free birdie, free birdies, like on 14 holes are birdie chances, 15 holes, maybe. Yeah, it, if they plot it around, it does seem like the uh, only difficult stretch is going to be like that three, four, five, six stretch. Three, four, five, six could be a monster. Okay, um, three, bu, 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 bu. yeah, three is a it's a member. Like now, this is where we're really combining two of the nine hole sets in in the composite here. So we're using all the distance that we can. Um, yeah, that could be a really interesting hole with one of the steepest bunkers greenside and a runoff that could take you right into the, that bunker. If you lay up there, though, that's a free birdie to me, like free for these guys. So I don't know. Like, is it worth the squeeze? I guess they're good enough. They always think it's worth. Um, oh, shoot. That's not a par five. I'm thinking that. Sorry. That's a par four. Three's a par four. Um, uh, three, four, five. Yeah. Four is also a member par five that's going to be a par four. Yeah, that so will not be fun. Number three is four ninety. Number four is four seventy. Four sixty five for five, and then four seventy three. Like, yeah, and that's long, a four sixty. And, and five is uphill. Five is uphill, and and there's a lot of bunkering around that green. Um, that's a true par four. That's a great like true par four. Uh, fantastic. 
And then six is another um, just really long hole. And you could hit the best drive ever. And you, you're a, you know how many balls I've hit the best drive on this hole. And you, you just want to take on so much with your second, but it's such a slopey property uh, place of the property. And your ball is like two feet above your, your feet in the middle of the fairway. And I top a freaking wood. <laughs> Hundred times. Don't don't th- don't think Man, these th- are the pros. Yeah, I'm gonna say don't think these guys are gonna be doing that one this week. I, no, I guess, no, I guess no, my question is shit. if it's if it's firm and fast. The one thing that would give me some pause, and we saw this at Memorial this week when it got firm and fast, is that guys were hitting perfect drives and they were just running through the fairway into the rough. That would be my only concern about some of the bigger drivers. That all of a sudden you've hit the perfect shot and now you've created problems with your, for yourself. Yeah, so I would agree that could be a problem. Maybe your three woods run off because it's a slopey property and the slopes take you to where you don't want to be. And I'm sure that they've accentuated those those places, um, you know, with the pros and and with all with all of that. But again, like these guys, they'll score. There's going to be a two two handfuls of these guys, Pat, that never find trouble and just rape it. And there's could be a 29 on the back, but that, that stretch you mentioned will be difficult. And on the back, I really only see as difficult as like 11. If they put the pin 11 is a, is a beautiful, maybe the visually the nicest shot you'll get of the course. We're up in the, you shoot down into the Valley from a tee box, maybe 50 feet above, but the green goes like this. So if they put the pin at the bottom, we'll see some fun shots. I'll know within three feet of it landing. I mean, three, like a second of it landing, whether it's going to be within three feet or not, and you'll get used to it. But if they put it at the top where it's like about to go down, I don't know where they hold it. I don't know where they hold it. You're almost better just playing like to the short little runway in the front and chipping in maybe. Um, so that could be a devil. But you get holes like one in 10, Pat, where again, you're like 50 feet above and you, you shoot down into the valley and you come back up. You know, played like one in 10 with Pozzola two weeks ago. We both parred them. Like this guy's gonna birdie them. Yeah, the the winning score of this tournament is gonna be like minus twenty five. Yeah, twenty five would be um, my guess. And then when we get to the back, the fifteen, sixteen, seventeen stretch, I believe could be. That's where I think maybe someone like Cam Young could hit a green on on sixteen. Uh, on sixteen, depending where they put the tee box, because there's they, they made some they've done some renovations on that hole and then they got some tee box like that are farther and deeper, but they got some other ones that could really let them go for it. I will tell you, you, I will say this um, in the closing here, people will think eight is a drivable green. I'm telling you, I don't know that that's possible because again, it's a, you're, you're above and you hit down and there's a Creek on the right that, They'll hit it so far past, but I don't know how it's, it's maybe the smallest green on the property and it's the narrowest green on the property. Like it's so, it's so narrow, like a car could, like a car could fit there. So how from 300 yards, could you land a ball that stays with OB behind? They will see, let me just plop it right in front of the green wedge, two feet, maybe in the hole free go for the green. I don't know how a ball could hold that green. Rory's power fade. It would get there. How would it stay on that green? Yeah, but it doesn't need, but it, plop but, off but it. But it doesn't need to stay on the green. I mean, you can lay up to 100 yards and have your shot, or you can go for the green, have it just trickle into the rough, and then just, like, bump it in. <laughs> no, but if you go for the green and you actually hit the green, you're going to fly over the green, and then you're OB. 
But I agree. Just plop it right in front of the green, maybe even to the hill in front. If you could hit it like directly into this hill in front, and maybe you could slow it up like the roughy hilly knoll. But I think that they will see. Let me just put it right here and I will. It's a free birdie. So I don't think eight is drivable. If they send them to the bottom of the valley for the tee shot where like the ladies box is, then maybe, then maybe. But there's from up there, I don't know how it could hold the green. All right. Top odds, DraftKings Sportsbook. Com. Rory's the overwhelming favorite, two-time defending Canadian Open champion at two different courses. Nonetheless, he's 4-1 to one to win this week. Hatton is 12. Burns, Fitz, and Cam Young are all 14. Connors is 16. Fleetwood, Lowry, and Rose are 28-1. to one, and then th- Or 20-1, to one, sorry. And Thigala is 28-1. to one. So I'm not going to bet Rory at 4-1 to one in this tournament. Now I just have to brace myself against him dummying the field. Of the next set of guys, there's a few that do catch my attention. I'm really digging Hatton. I'm really digging Rose. And I'm really digging Fleetwood this week. And it seems like it's super unfair pricing. But once you get past the first 10 guys, like it is an absolute shit show of a field. And there's 156 players in it. It's lovely to see those like first 10 names. It's lovely. It's great that they're here. But then that's like, they're there. then there's nobody. Then now, there's no. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's seeing no. I would, withdraw, seeing Riley withdraw, like there's just no, there's just such a big gap. I, I would say, yeah, there is a big gap between the very top end names, but th- this, I mean, it's the worst position on the schedule for this year because of the designated events and majors that are around it that obviously people just aren't going to come. This is a very built-in rest week for a lot of players. But between all the Euros who have committed to this, like the top... I mean, like five of the best seven players in this are like British players. Like Moronk is coming over. So you get some of those guys from the European tour, Hoygaards here that are coming over to make this a stop before the U.S. Open. You get the built-in RBC guys because they sponsor players and the tournament. They're forced to come. And the fact that Canadian golf is in such a good place at the moment with you know three winners already this year, that the plethora of Canadian guys is actually pretty good this time around. Like they do add depth to this field. Okay, you're not wrong. Uh, it does feel like um, th- like the way the with Canada golf being in such a strong place that it adds depth. I like the frisky Europeans that have showed up. But, um, oh, for the scheduling, it's a good, like for the spot, I think this is the best case scenario they could have gotten. Hope for not a late withdrawal. That would really suck for somebody. Guys but, are gonna um, guys are gonna withdraw, but I don't think it's gonna be the big names because after people get done, if they qualify for the U.S. Open, they might just be like, "Ah, fuck it, I'm not going to Canada." A lot of the guys, if they then they'll be here though, qualifying. Like everyone who's in, like Mav McNeil, like a, there's a bunch of players that are in a at Lampton and like Scarborough. There's a qualifier for three spots today. Oh, I saw Webb Simpson was in it. No, not Webb Simpson. Yeah, yeah Webb Web is, Web is in it. Yeah. Uh, um, I saw Mav McNeely was in it. One of the woos, I think I may have seen there. Harry yeah. Higgs. So you're right. They might get that and be like, I'd rather not play the RBC. I'll just fly to LA. But I think a lot of the guys are here with the thought of, of um, assuming maybe they don't qualify, they're still here for the RBC. Even Michael Block is playing in it. He moved his from a California quality to this one. Probably easier too. So, in terms of betting, who do you actually like this week? Okay, well, full disclosure, um, I haven't heard back from Tommy, 
And I know that he was starting his back nine at 8.45 this morning. So he's probably finishing up, and I'm probably going to miss him today. But he won't, he won't stay away for long, buddy. Won't, you, won't, you won't be able to avoid me. Won't be able to avoid me. So, so don't be bet fair. Tommy Fleetwood because he's going to like feel terrified out on the golf course that single white no. female Jeff Feinberg is stalking him. <laughs> no, no, we'll be okay. Um, listen, Tommy is one of the players. Like when I look at the good players, that crop of good players, like who's like okay, obviously Rory, I can't bet. Um, and what I guess I'm just trying to say is. I like super motivated players in spots where like they have even bigger things coming up, but guys on like wind droughts or guys trying to get over a hump or maybe even a first win. That being said, I can make a case for all these guys. Hatton, he could love a party. You could take these guys apart. You mentioned um, Fitz. Fitz is Fitz with his off the T cheat code probably could take advantage of like doing things that most guys don't want to try to do. And like, um, or can do it and stay out of trouble, I guess, and like really shorten the course. Not that other guys couldn't, but he seems like an accuracy distance cheat code in many ways. So maybe he's got a big advantage when we're talking about the wedges. Shane Lowry, maybe just wedge everything. I don't, like I don't, feet. I don't think he can make enough putts to win this tournament if it plays out how I think it's going to play out. And I'm going to pick my lane because I gave him the first look too. And I was just like, if this gets to minus 23, he's going to miss enough five foot putts during the week that he literally can't win. Okay. Then that's a great point. If he can't even make the five footers, um, sure. But if it's like a wedge contest, then yeah. And you mentioned it, Rose seems perfect the way he can putt, the way he can wedge. Um, he almost won here last. He he almost won last year here. Not and anyone who's walked around with me this year, I'm like, I I mean, granted, a lot of the higher end players are European, but I really do think that just the setup, I think it will work good for, um, for these European plotters. So yeah, I think Rose could be an excellent play this week. We used to like remember used to be a rival. Now I'm you know I'm back in, so that'd be fun. So I'd enjoy that very very much. So no no Connors for me this week. I mean it would be lovely to see Corey Connors win, but I just think that there's an inordinate amount of pressure on the best Canadian player to win this tournament. And as I said on the research show, I do think that if a Canadian's gonna win, it's gonna be Svensson or something like that. Um so I've always just faded Canadians here. Like this is the Canadian Open. It shouldn't, like, obviously, if you're going for your first win, there's a level of pressure that's inherent. But I don't want a guy, I don't want to bet on a guy at, like, Valero and think, oh, he has major championship pressure on him. If that makes any sense. Agreed. It's it's why that we, is sort of, it's like fading, uh, what's his face, Spieth in. And I'll tell you, Pat, my boy. My ride or die. Well, not really ride or die, but we ride a lot and we fall off a lot. My boy Detri, we were in Belgium a couple weeks ago. He was one off a lead in a pillow fight in his home country. I'm like, oh, we got this. And then like he completely cratered on Sunday. Cratered. And I'm not like, that's just an example. I'm sure you got a hundred of them with like home games going good, bad, what have you. But I don't know. I'm not here for getting over the finish line. I see how it can work perfectly for a Svensson if he wants to hit enough putts. And Adam Hadwin, just this can play like one of those easy Amax courses. Amax courses. We're going to be on 29 watch on the back nine. I think. So 
That could work out beautifully for, for a player like that. I know a lot of guys. I mentioned European ties. Well, he's Canadian, but he's a European tour guy. Aaron Cockrell. Yeah, Cockrell's deep. Playing fan- yeah. Yeah, he's I- deep. He's playing fantastic at the moment. If you want like a sort of a dar- uh, a a a guy that's probably deeper than he should be for like top Canadian or some Canadian markets, that would be a guy to look at. Um do you think yeah, it's do you think this know. is gonna play a lot like St. George's did last year? Because I kind of think it is. Uh, it's also a Stanley Thompson design, so a lot of similar features. Yeah, tight, in, tight fairways, in... longer rough, a lot of bunkering, a lot of elevated greens with a lot of slope, trees everywhere if you get off the beaten path. Like just visually, it looks the same. Like just from an overview. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair concept. And again, same city, same architect. Sort of like that classic Parkland course that you get in a lot in the Northeast. So I think I'm either going to go Hatton, Fleetwood, Rose, or two of those three. I think that's going to be my look here from the 30 and under spot. Hatton, Fleetwood, Rose. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, if you think it can, like, if you want to play to the bomb and gouge, like, I'm interested to see Cam Young try to overpower the place. I do think it is potentially possible. I wouldn't, I don't think any of us would be floored, despite me saying the rough is thick, that, like, if, just hit it so far up there it's not an issue sure yeah i mean the the rough has to be long to protect this a little bit or i guess it worked for because i just looking at the course the way that the composite was made the grass type everything like that it reminded me of rocket mortgage a little bit how they combined the detroit golf club into one course they combined the 36 holes into 18 like bryson was able to bomb and gouge that place once so I think that maybe they're a bit more savvy because I do think that they want to make it reminiscent a little bit of what players can expect next week. I think that's sort of the allure of coming to play this week that it did seem like last year at St. George's, they kind of beefed up the conditions to make them a bit more U.S. opening for the field. Um, yeah, I think that's just a common thing. The week before the major, they try to do th- I don't think it lures anyone to the event. I no, think no, but, but I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it lures people to the event, but it's, it's not dissuading people from coming. You're like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to get my game all out of whack. I just played Memorial. It was super long rough. I'm getting super long rough at a major. I don't want to go play Glen Abbey at a hit and giggle. Yeah. No, granted, like to the other side of that, there's nothing that they could have done at the, was it the Byron Nelson the week before the PGA? I guess right? not. Like, there's nothing that Byron Nelson could do to to replicate Oak Hill. There's not really much we can do to replicate L.A. Country Club. Jason Day goes out, wins a birdie party. Another example of of sort of, I'm talking about the, before the big event, the guy who, like, needs off the mat, looking off the mat, you know? Um, I think these are great spots for those guys. That birdie party or whatever that was did not help Jason Day at all at Oak Hill. So, it, it didn't you know, though, but but there's but you know, like there needs to be reasons for people to come play in the Canadian Open because you know it's a national open with the Byron Nelson. Like you're just kind of grandfathered in to have all the Texas guys show up anyway, so they don't care. That's a great point. And I mean, we're grandfathered and, 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 in just to have RBC and Canadians. The Texas guys are better than that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so when you get Scheffler and Spieth and just showing up to every event in your state, you're going to be yeah. pretty good. Uh, Canada doesn't and Team RBC don't really have that luxury. So let's move on to the thirty to one hundred. Didn't love a lot in here outside of Moronk. I love Moronk. I think this is a great course for him. 
Uh, if it does, I mean, he can win a birdie fest. That's not an issue. He's first on the European tour right now in strokes gained off the tee. A lot of that is accuracy based. He's third in greens and regulation, top 30 in uh, strokes gained approach. And he's putting really well. And if you only looked at his American numbers so far this year, they're not great. Like his best performance was T14 at the Honda. But other than that, he's just played in designated events and majors. This, this is not that. And this could be reminiscent a little bit of the strategy you might need to have at some of these European courses. Like, it seems like a less hard Wentworth, like just looking at like from just over the top of the sky view of the course. It's like the same strategies might apply here. Less hard Wentworth, less hard Firestone. Like, yeah, it's a less hard version of the beautiful tree-lined parkland golf courses that you watch on TV. Like a... You know, Craig Ranch and Byron Nelson, those are like farmlands, right? Those are just like huge plots of land that like go on forever, I assume. Um, this is no, this is just that classical parkland golf course. And I'll tell you what, I appreciate taking a lot of people's course research this week, just liking to hear what they have to say. And I don't think you you didn't you did not like my course research. You were like yelling at me in Twitter comments. No, no, no. I, I didn't yell at you. You just saw text. I was letting you know that um eight it's like directly uphill like it's directly uphill it's just a much longer shot and a layup could be a free birdie but hey the juice probably could be worth the squeeze hey listen because because you made the point it's like hey why do you need to go for this if there's just birdies everywhere i think that would incentivize people to go for it because if you can generate an eagle opportunity that is your actual chance to get a birdie on the field or get a stroke yeah, you're on right the field. and hey if you screw up one birdie chance, you could, there's just, there's so many, uh, if you're hitting it well, there's just so many other ones. Like you're right in that sense. Maybe it's worth the squeeze because I'll just find a look on the next, on the next, um, on the next hole. And no, and in terms of, I mean, of course I'm shocked it's even happening. I got no people saying it's going to like be minus 25. I, that doesn't care. It's going to look nice and nice beautiful nice property my point being is is like the course snobby guy is noticing yeah this place is hard but like man it's beautiful like these terrain changes what a lovely what a lovely round of golf that must be like um so we all yeah, we all and, we also got yeah we all we also got some benefit from um like a a ludwig adberg's playing in his i believe ooh. this is his first pro start but he's at 60 to 1 right now on DraftKings sportsbook thorbjornson's in the field he's 90 to 1 so he has some like top end amateurs that are playing and the other guys in this range like you got a bunch of canadians svensson Hadwin, Hadwin's 40, Kuchar's 40, Ben Ann is 45, Hoygaard's 45, Moronk is 45. You can, I bet him at 50 uh, in full disclosure. Then you got like Bramlett, Wise, McNeely, Smalley, Michael Kim, Mac Hughes, Todd Father. This, this does strike me. If, if he could make a fucking putt ever in his life, which he won't do, but he might be like the best top 20 bet Todd? of all time. I was going to say Rye because Rye is just the better version <laughs> of Todd right now, except he legit can't putt. I would argue, like, doesn't I guess Rye shows up at hard courses, at easy courses. Like he can go, he hangs and goes low. I've seen him go low on all facilities. Sure, that's one that caught my eye. I'm with you. I love Moronk. I also played an 80 on Hoygaard, um, as well. I just I don't know. I like the talent. I like think it could be a good spot in a weak field, um, and maybe a like I said, a European feel. Um, I caught big number. I just played it for shits and giggles, but uh, I caught a 120 on a drop on the on the Ludwig. So maybe he can copy Rose uh, from from the LPGA and be awesome. But that just be people were really that was the most I've ever seen people talk about the LPGA tour like on Twitter ever. 
Yeah, they don't even talk about it in majors like that, right, Pat? Yeah. I mean that. I've seen majors go to playoffs. No one cares. We're just telling you guys to, sh- to stop complaining that they put Simone Biles on NBC. <laughs> like, that's the discourse when we're in a playoff in a, in a major. This was not that. This was Liberty National with two great young girls and women and uh, a super phenom. So that would be that would be fun. There are some names that um you know I could swim around like on on the on the deep end. Oh, yeah, I didn't get there, although you did mention Michael Kim. I don't know if I have the stomach for that guy though. Yeah, I, I think I, he'll be popular this week. I, I I do too, but I think with the way that I'm gonna structure my card, if I'm gonna go to that like the the low end, like the high end Brits, which I seem to be doing, the Fleetwood Hatton range, that only gives me so many bullets. And I think this range just becomes dead for me after I bet Moronk. Then I have to go to just bombs, like 100 to 1 beyond, because that doesn't make sense with the rest of the card that I want to construct. So there's a few. Can you want to just run through some bomb names? I mean, do you want, I mean, we're not at the 100 to 1 yet. Do you want to go to the 100 to 1? Because I bet three of them already. Uh, I mean, I bet, I mean, yeah, sure. No, I guess it's fair to talk about some of those guys in front. I've bet Moronk and Hoygaard. You said you bet Moronk. Um, I don't know. McNeely seems hurt, right? He just, he, he... That guy just can't hit an approach shot, and he, he can't drive the ball anymore either. Like at least before, when he was making all those putts, he there were some tournaments he was getting like four and a half strokes off the tee, and now he just loses strokes off the tee. So he's, I mean, he does love a good small green. If there's one thing he loves, it's small green courses. So that's a positive for him. But I, I mean, you can back him. These are deep odds in a for a field like this, for the perceived talent that he has. But he has shown literally nothing that would indicate that he's going to win this week. And to me, his strength is like long irons, right? His, his strength is putting. <laughs> well, he's, he's basically like, and I guess he's Corey, worse Denny McCarthy at this point. And I guess to like Corey Connors, like I feel like his strength is mitigated here. Where I'd probably rather play a Hadwin if you asked me to like play one of the top Canadians. Right? No, because I think that if... Like, Connors can get, I mean, he's going to hit the fairways, which is huge because his off the tee game yeah, right, is know. sort of like the longer, more accuracy version. He's sort of like minor league Morikawa in that sense. But Morikawa was good. But we've seen him just get so hot from like, yeah, I mean, harder courses I think are better for Corey Connors because it makes sure that he doesn't have to make enough putts. But I mean, his two wins have come at birdie fest and he goes unconscious sometimes from all, all 18 holes from 100 yards to 125 yards. Like he's just two feet every time. And that could be a possibility of this course. And he got a few looks last week because I was there later in the day than he was. And uh, the guy in the range told me, did you see Kurt Connor? (laughs) So everyone's really excited. The lizard. Um, But hey, maybe it's rigged. And with the President's Cup in Canada next year, they just want to light a fire ship under like Golf Canada. So give it to Connors. Fire ship. I like that. That sounds like it's going down a fire ship. I don't. I get like a yeah a rocket ship. Um, Kucher seems like he could just plot here to burt like eight foot birdie putts. Oh yeah, fifteen times in the round. I, I just. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to bet him forty to one in this field with the with the quality of names at the top. Like if it was just one or two quality names, like at the Sony Open or something like that, I think that would be fine. I think there's just too many guys that are better than Kucher here. You'd really have to have such a 
basically the best performance of his career at this age to beat some of these guys who don't need their A-plus game to beat Kuchar at this point. He's super live, though. If Ben Ann makes some putts, he's super live. Keith Mitchell's just a name that we completely glossed over. If the bomb and gouge comes into play, he could be awesome here. The gal is Anderkers. That's why I didn't really talk about him. But I would love to... He'd be an awesome one to have as, like, a breakthrough win at the Canadian Open. I'd love to see the Gala play well, but I'd rather just talk about the 100 to 1 range and above because I actually made bets on these guys. Uh, Lee Hodges, 110 to 1 with five places. Ben Martin, 110 to 1 with five places. Carson Young, 175 to 1 with five places is where I am going from the long shot range. Like a lot of those names, specifically um, Hodges, caught my eye. I would say if you want bombing gouge, if you want to see that tried out at 100 to 1 and not 18 to 1 like Cam Young or 16 to 1 or 40 to 1 like Keith Mitchell. The internet told me, Pat, that Luke List made the most birdies at the Memorial. I could see that. He probably also made the most bogeys at the Memorial, too. Well, of anyone that finished under par. So there's like, I mean, there's a high, the good is good, the bad is bad. But if we could get rid of some of the bad, and I don't know, if bombing gouge, if I think bombing gouge is going to work here. And again, I said some things about the course. I'm going to be out there. A little today, definitely tomorrow. I'm going to see like how easily they hit these greens, um, the smaller ones, like seven, and or if they're laying up, uh, but or if you know how bombing gouge is working, how easy they can get it out of the rough near the holes or near you know, it, like with a 60 yard approach shot, 80 yard approach shot. If they get it there, then maybe I do come back and bet some Luke List. In, uh, in, the, in, this... in the past 12 months, Luke List has 29 starts, he has gained strokes putting in two of them. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. If if you think the score is going to breach under minus 20, that just can't happen. <laughs> so what if Garrick Higo just plots along and, and hits the greens? Oh, then then he'll be fine. His approach game has been god-awful recently. I, I've kind of went with the, like, I, I'll probably, I mean, listen, full disclosure, I'm going to bet Batia as well at 100, at 100 to 1 because I bet the guy every week. Um but this could be a good spot though for him. Any like, spot can be a good spot for him if he hits his fucking pots, which he never does. But occasionally. But if I think like if we're on fifty nine watch, he feels as likely as anyone. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. If he has one, we see those rounds from him enough that if he can just get the putter going a little, which he does do from time to time, that he's going to be fine. He could very much be in contention. So I mean, I just think that he's. I mean, my numbers tell me he's like a top 15 player in this field based on the performance that he's had. So I, I do like him a lot. But the three other bombs that I bet, Hodges, Martin, and Young, have like legit been playing well. Yeah, no, I like I like the Hodges one. Um, nice point out on Martin. I was, even before he had his great Saturday, I, I thought Mark Hubbard would be a lovely player on the property. I um, think so too. Him, seeing him 130 to one, what would Steven Yeager have been this week? Would he just have been 40 to one? He would have been the same number as Kuchar. Yeah, okay. Good thing you're not here then. Wouldn't uh, want to be forced into that. I, I like Hubbard a lot. I just feel like last week, Sunday was a letdown for him. I, I think he kind of he, he yeah. blew, blew his load a little bit at Memorial. Like, that was his shot. And maybe he comes back and plays great, because this does seem like a really good course for him. But... It's, it's, that's really the biggest moment of his career so far was last week. Like but you know what? Like, there were so many, but like, Patrick Cantley shot an eight Like, no, I'm know, not man. saying that, but it was just like the, the rigor. Like, that's really the first time that he's gone through that, like, with a chance to win a real tournament okay. 
playing late on the weekend at Jack's tournament, CBS, one of the highest viewed ones of the year. And now you're going here. Maybe, maybe it takes all the pressure off and it works the other way. I have no idea how to assess this, but that's, you know, I need to cross guys off. That's a guy I'm going to cross off. I'm going to yeah, bet. I don't think I am. I just bet. I could really see myself getting there. Can I, I also want to put this out. I'm obviously going to be betting on Tommy Fleetwood. Everything else I'm doing this week is like hyper recreational. Even though I hit a big Grillo and I, brah, Victor, I can do whatever I want. But this is what I decided. No, this isn't. That would be a really dumb thing to say. But this is like a big event. Like, in some ways, personally, that's no secret. I'm excited about it. I don't want to be tilted. Like, I just want to enjoy the week. And you know how easily I get tilted, Pat? Maybe that's, no. like, unavoidable. But I don't. I really don't want to, like, go hard. I just want to enjoy the week. I don't want to see a picture of a guy who beat my guy and cost me all that money and like be mad at that picture forever or something like this is just a great memory for the club. That's important to me. I've been there forever. I will be there forever. Although there are rumors, it's, you know, it's a nice property in the middle of town. And one day a land deal might go down, which like a lot of golf courses might, might take it away. And that'll be sad, but my dad doesn't care. Cause he'll be dead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just want to enjoy the event. I just want to like, enjoy the event. I don't want to be tilted. And then this isn't to say like, like, yeah, that's, that's it. And I feel like if I was going to a major, like an all encompassing, this is not major, this is laughable to call that, but at my home course, it's like very personal. I wouldn't like want to go overboard with bets. I just want to like, just take it in and like what's happening in front of me and not be a hundred distracted. Although I do think there's some great live betting opportunities in fields with no names that the books don't, don't respect. And the back nine, right? Like if your guy hasn't played the back nine yet, maybe on Thursday or Friday, like, and the numbers are big, maybe that I'm giving you betting advice. Maybe that's when you can make a bet, but I'll be on property reception. Always sucks. I don't think I'll be able to get anything. I just bet Hatton at 15 to one. That was the best number I saw out there for him. So I bet him. Okay. So you wrote Hatton and Tommy or, or I Hatton and, and I, I'm going to have tune into the newsletter on Wednesday night to figure out where I end up going with that. But okay. I mean, 15 is a pretty good number for Hatton because he's the second favorite at most books in this book that I just bet him at. He is not the second favorite. Burns is. Okay. Is it, um, does the book resemble me with my shirt off? Uh, no. It, uh, Are me in this white hoodie? Uh, no, it is uh, just you. Uh, it, it's a place that's open every day of the every day of the year. Put it that way. Oh yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. every day. So I joke. My yeah. Um, a guy that I don't know. He popped up in some of the models I did, but he can't putt for shit. And it's this Vincent Norman. I mean, he just. I I don't know if whether or not this course is good for him because he gains all his strokes off the tee. And if this de-emphasizes he from, the, he's Swedish. He's the guy who had the hole-in-one on the par four on the Euro Tour like two years ago. Yeah. And him and Norlander, I think, got hot for like a day in that team event. I was like, oh, he's okay. I knew he wasn't from here. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Okay. So he keeps popping up in some things I've done. And uh, Lipsky, 110. I don't know if this really favors what he does well. He can't hit a putt for shit either. That's the problem. But he's near the top in, in what I put at or in, some fantasy national playing around. He showed up way too close to the top off yeah. a nice week too. Yeah, he he did he did that before. Because when I did the research show, he popped up for me, and that was 
previous to him having the good week at Memorial. I'm just looking right now, if you want to go look at it, past 12 rounds at courses that score easy relative to par, the guys that are gaining the most birdies per round, Duncan, Cam Young, Rory, Dylan Wu, Aaron Wise, Rose, Higo, Redmond, Batia, and your boy, Vince Norman. My boy, Vince Norman. Those are birdier, better gained on the field. Then it's like Higgs, Lowry, Cooch, Koigard, Loa, Eric Cole. Luke List is up there as well. Hadwin and Ben Ann. Anyway, let's get to the quick picks and the one and done. Let everyone get on with their day. So for me, I got Hatton at 15 and Moronk at 50, and probably one of Rose or Fleetwood at 22 to 1, depending on what I decide. I got Batia 100. Hodges 110, Martin 110, and Carson Young at 175 to 1, all with five places. That's what I'm shaping up right now. Those are the six that I got in. Four of them are beyond 100 to 1. Cross your fingers. Hope Rory doesn't win and be on your way. Where are you going? So, Tommy 22, uh, Moronk 50, Hoygaard 80 at, at Phillip Rivers. Um, and then I got a I got an early morning Ludwig at one twenty. But you you mentioned uh, Hodges and Hubbard seem to be the guys I'm looking at. And I don't know if the internet's gonna have a Baccia party. I like I you know I could watch that tall slender that that slender little guy walk around the property. That wouldn't bother me too much. But yeah, I'm super excited. Listen, this place is. I told you before, if I I would be in more trouble as a kid. If my dad got a letter from the club and that's like old fashioned, that's what the place is. Like there's letters. Like someone sees you do something wrong on the golf course. You get like a letter, get a letter. It's <laughs> like place... hanging in your locker too. Like uh, say, this place a player kinda... getting cut from the team. <laughs> this place kind of sounds like the worst. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, like, what, Listen, the fuck I... is, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's old Pat. You don't even get into the men's locker room until you're like 28. You gotta, you gotta shower with 13 year olds. Like it's that a, sounds, no, no, that sounds kind of fucking that. creepy. No, I don't mean it like that. No, no, it's not like open chat, but it's like there's like subsets of lockers. There's like kids' locker room, and then there's like junior men's locker room. So obviously, I think I mixed that up. And then you don't get into the men's locker room like until you're thirty. That's a nice. That's a nice day, um, to, to get in there. But yeah, I, if my teacher called and said I misbehaved or got some bad grade on something, like. Uh, wouldn't compare to me getting reprimanded or some break infraction at the club, like without a doubt, without a doubt, not even close, not even close. I lived in fear of misbehaving there. And as a kid, like, yeah, I didn't like it as a kid at all. So stuffy, you got to wear like tucked in shirts and like pants and like we're going there. Grandma for dinner. I got to wear the sweater. Like it's the most uncomfortable place at the same time. It's a big life regret that I my dad, like I could have done all those junior clinics as a kid, all of them didn't, didn't really take the game seriously until my twenties. This is like boring. I don't want to hang out. I go play baseball, but I'd be like, you're an idiot. You're <laughs> not going to have 15 friends to play baseball with. You got to learn how to golf. That is the underrated part about having the golf membership. Cause I was talking to Cust about this when we were coming back from Cabot last week, just like we, me, him and our two other friends all have a membership at the same course. We don't always play together, but it is like most, like I, I don't see any of my friends anymore. I'm married with two little kids. Like I come to work, 
and I go home and maybe I go out once every two weeks and see people, but that's actually a reason for us to get together and hang out for a while. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. When you're 15, you can wrangle 17. You can wrangle 14 guys together, go to the park, play baseball. It doesn't work. Little baseball. It's like golf or nothing. So you better learn how to play it. One or done. One and done. Sorry. Cust has selected Sahith Thigala as his one and done. I am taking Tyrrell Atten as my one and done, who you used last week to great effect. So who's going to be your one and done for your home course? Well, I used Fleetwood in the last stop in Florida. He almost won the Valspa. Another close loser call. Um, he almost won, so I don't have him to burn. I don't even think he was he had committed to the event yet. Um, you have used, have used just yeah, you used Rose. You used Rose two weeks ago at Colonial, and I've used Fitzpatrick. I'm running running thin. Here. You got Rory. Cuss tried to pick Rory first. That was his pick, but he had already used him and his miscut at the Players Championship. Well, Moronk, steal your draft. I, I'm, I would be very happy if you won this week then. Love Moronk. I, I'll, I'll take a Moronk-Hatton 1-2 finish. I'll be good with that. I'll sacrifice the first place winnings for a Moronk win. It'd be amazing if you won this. It'd be awesome. I love that guy. You know what? Secretly, he's 9 foot 20. Secretly, he's 9 foot 20. Yeah, he's the same height as, he's the same height as a basketball net, is the way I would describe it. I saw him. I watched him play a few holes at the Honda. He's a big boy. Taller than the CN Tower. Yeah. He might have even been paired with Ashkay. That would have been your group. That that sounds like a fantastic group. Ashkay played great at Honda. He just couldn't putt to save his life. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience Canadian Open playing the Listener's League. Comment, smash the like, do whatever. Hit up Jeff. I'm sure he's going to be everywhere this week breaking down the course. He's going to be out at the course. So at gfeinberg17 on Twitter as well. Let's fill those Listener's Leagues. Okay? I'd really appreciate that. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.